This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. And this is the first one under this new format. So I thought I would go through and talk a little bit briefly about Invest Like a Honeybee. What does that mean? And then I'm going to talk about our example today, which is the Mushroom House. Probably the first investment Mary and I ever made back in 1987. Man, interest rates were 13% on a mortgage. 13%. So let me first get started about the Invest Like a Honeybee. So remember, uh, most of this is coming from our book, but it comes from my experience in working with honeybees and also being a value investor. And one thing that I noticed just this past year was that as I looked at the honeybees and the different rules they have, basically rules of survival, there were different elements of different value investors that you know, are historically geniuses that came out in the honeybees. Um, from Benjamin Graham to Warren Buffett to another type of, of investment philosophy that's very much linked to those that comes from India. Don Doe investing is the term. And if you get our book, uh, what Grandpa learned from his honeybees. At the end in the appendix, I have a list of some 13 or so books that I want you to read. And it is the last book. I just started reading it when the book edits were complete. And it just sort of blew me away. So I, I strongly recommend you uh, read it. Uh, invest like a honeybee. If you want to take on this philosophy as I have, it incorporates the majority of the value investment principles, but adds to it environmental factors that can actually enhance the return on your investments. And that's why I think invest like a honeybee is sort of the next level to what we commonly refer to as traditional value investing. Anyway, you'll have a look and you'll tell me. But each week, um, depending on the example, and eventually I'll be bringing in guests, um, they'll probably have some form of theme behind their philosophy that will fit with one of the 10 rules of invest like a honeybee that you'll find in our book. Okay, enough of that. Now let me get to the very first investment property we ever purchased. Just got back from Michigan State, um, two children in the car and Mary and I in a Honda Civic. Um, we're about to have our third child. And there was a place for sale we'll just call the mushroom house or the mushroom factory sometimes we called it so it was for sale in our town here in blenheim and it was right beside the railroad tracks now for the first six years of my life i lived beside a railroad track this is not a great place to be sometimes like right beside in other words i was probably 20 feet from the tracks um, it's, it's, it's a, 
you know, you hear the. I remember as a kid, you'd be out there playing, and and the railway guys driving by slowly. They had to slow down to come through our town. Would uh, throw me the odd piece of chalk. They had these really big, thick pieces of chalk, and I'd be out there playing under the watchful eye of my mom. And these guys would be on top of these big uh, train um, uh, cars of coal and different things, and they would lob me. Uh, one of those big chalks that I could use to write on cement and sidewalks and all that crazy stuff. So that was really an interesting experience, and I was too young, you know, different, but, you know, probably not the greatest place. So when I saw, the, and we had moved, obviously, when I was six, to, six years old to the farm. And so when I saw this house, it was for sale, and I thought, yeah, it's by a railroad track. It's kind of probably not a great value, but anyway. We looked at the numbers. Remember, interest rates at that time were 13 plus percent on a mortgage, closer to 14 percent. It was a foreclosure. So the bank had taken this house back and it was a two-story house. And on the back, it looked like a really sort of large single-story garage, but it was actually a small mushroom factory where the people that had lived prior to this had actually grown and sold mushrooms. I remember buying mushrooms there when I was a kid because we lived fairly close to that spot. So the debt on the property was close to $89,000. And that's what the bank was selling it. That was the, you know, the number that they needed to get. So I think it was being sold for like 95 or some thousand dollars. So I said to the, I called my lawyer, great guy. And I said, I'm thinking of buying this property, and I've never done this before. And it uh, has a mortgage of, you know, 89000 plus, plus, plus. I said, do I, you know, I mean, I, I assume I have to try to offer eighty nine. And the guy laughs. He says, no, you offer them whatever you, you think it's worth. Wow. So I thought, okay. Didn't have very much money. Had no idea where I was going to get the down payment. Um, I know when we drove by one day and drove through it, Mary was not impressed. I wasn't impressed either. Plus, it was near the railroad tracks, which automatically made me feel a little weird. Um, kids were kind of flipping out in the car. And, you know, Honda Civics, if you remember, are pretty small cars to have some rambunctious young boys in. But anyway, uh, made an offer, and I said, I think it's worth fifty. So I offered $50,000. The bank accepted fifty-two. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool bank said well we'll give you you know what's the appraisal the appraisal came in pretty high and the bank actually gave me fifty six thousand dollars on closing it was only 52 after I paid my fees I had like three thousand dollars left I made three thousand dollars on closing I was like I was like on top of the world. I thought, this is, there's something wrong. This is fixed. What is, no, but it was, it was true. So then I had to get to work because at 14%, even though the mortgage was 52,000, yeah, they gave me 52,000 on the more, uh, sorry, 56,000. The mortgage was 56. So I had to come up with the payments and I rented the house out and I was making a little bit of a profit. And then each of the, they sort of had garage doors on, on this mushroom factory. And I thought, well, hey, what if I rent out 
each garage door spot for someone to put a car in. They could store a car, work on a car, and charge $200 a month. Well, it worked. Every month after I made all my payments, I was bringing in anywhere from $500 to $700 cash, paying this thing down. Now, it was headaches, right? Because I had to deal with, I think I had three people at one time in the back renting space. There was, I don't even think I had power back there. It was just, it wasn't the nicest place. Uh, fortunately, the landlord, uh, not the landlord, I was a landlord. The tenant had cats, so I didn't have to worry about mice as long as he had cats because obviously, oh, I forgot to mention, it was right near one of the biggest grain elevators you've ever seen in your life. So if you're a rat or mouse, you're going to be living in that community right around that place because there's, you know, farmers come in with their wagon loads and they're dumping grain and occasionally some of it spills out. But because they had cats, they took care of, you know, the cats were eating well. So, so that went on for a number of years. And I have to tell you, it was the most incredible learning experience, but what a, what a great opportunity. So that, you know, that property um, ended up, I believe we sold it for 85 some years later, but it really didn't matter because we've been making cash flow for some, I think it was close to 10 years on that property. So that was the mushroom house, we called it, because of the mushroom factory. Probably there may have been some growth in the, uh, in the house too, but that's a different problem. So anyway, that was an experience. Now, when you think of investing like a honeybee, what does this really have to do with anything? Well, it was a value purchase, you know, and that's the last chapter in my book is about value investing and how honeybees are value investors so before i keep going just 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 a short plug here remember you can pick up my latest book what grandpa learned from his honeybees the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment you can pick that up on amazon or audible and and i think if you do read it you'll probably understand a bit more when you log into these podcasts so it was seriously a value purchase the mushroom house right because the bank had told me when they did their, remember these are conservative kind of appraisals. And the other good news is, is as mortgage rates changed up and down and refinanced, I was able to get better rates, make more cash flow, pay down the thing. Didn't want, matter what happened in the economy. It didn't matter what happened in the 90s, early 90s when things really got crazy. I had a locked in mortgage and 13% seemed cheap back then. And it went well. And I made cash flow. And I sold it for a profit. What an amazing opportunity. Now, remember, I didn't know anything about the invest like a honeybee philosophy or Benjamin Graham or Warren Buffett or the Dondo principle. But it turns out those are exactly the kinds of sort of philosophies that were behind a lot of these early purchases. Now, remember, it's also very, it's just luck. There's a luck element to anything. So there is a great deal of luck going on when this thing was purchased, how I bought it, just the fact I was able to call a smart lawyer who was on my side who said, Henry, don't worry about it, pay, offer whatever you want. And I'll just close with this thought. I was listening, to, I just started listening to the Dondo um, investment or uh, theory. And, and if you want to pick up that book too, you probably should read it. And, and in, in the chapter I'm on now, he talked about Virgin Records and Richard Branson and how he owns a island in the Caribbean. And the island was for sale for, I think, three and a half million a few years ago from when the book was written, The Dondo Investor. 
And Branson offered him 150,000 pounds. Of course, they laughed at him. He ended up buying it for 180. So they were asking three million something pounds, and he he got it for 180, which is just over 200 what 50,000 Canadian, probably or less. He bought an island in the Caribbean. And according to the book, if you stay there now, it's 39 grand a night to stay there. I think he has 10 cabins. So the value investing, the um, the other part that's quite with this is the survival strategy. So if you think of invest like a honeybee, chapter one is all about survival. Uh, Warren Buffett says, you know, if you invest $100, you have to make sure, you know, rule one is you get your $100 back. Rule two is don't forget rule one. So... The question is with um, with survival, when you look at that purchase of the mushroom house, when you look at the appraisal that was you know significantly higher than what I paid for, I had zero money in. Remember that the return on the mushroom house investment was, you can't calculate because I didn't have any money in it. I got money out that I used for another purchase that we'll get into in future shows. So I think when you look at the mushroom purchase it was not only value um, it, it not only was a value investment but it was also one that would guarantee survival you know the, the probability of risk of losing all that money which I didn't have in it anyway were were quite low it was a it was a great opportunity so again I'm Hank for invest like a honeybee I'll talk to you again next week this has been invest like a honeybee Remember, you can pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today.